Hello, everyone. This is Ricky, and you're listening to River City Church Talks, where we sit down and take a deeper dive into the happenings, the coming ups, and the yets to be. Join me as I sit down with our pastors, ministers, and leaders and talk River City. Today, I am joined by lead pastor Jason Powers and associate pastor Nick Fox. How are y'all today? Fandango. Awesome, Ricky. How are you? I'm doing well. It's a glorious day in South Central Texas. The sun is shining, but it's cool. That's right. That's what I've been waiting for all these days. All these days. All these days. Did you have a great Thanksgiving? I had a great Thanksgiving. It was good. We went to Houston. It was fun. Hung out with Natalie's family. I was very grateful for that whole, um, yeah, the whole time. It was interesting. My phone broke like i mean it didn't break like spontaneous i broke it <laughs> um but it was this weird mix of panic and anxiety yeah and rest because i i couldn't i couldn't connect i couldn't send text i couldn't get on the internet and so i really it was like 1987 all yeah. over again uh like god you needed to kind of step away for a little bit yeah that's beautiful i i didn't break my phone thankfully but i left it at home two separate days and it was beautiful. Yep. Like yeah. I wasn't anxious. I wasn't constantly checking How about it. That? It was, it was there's really a difference nice. between leaving your phone and knowing that it's there and, uh, and it being broken, yeah. right? Because I, it, it, because you still had the, you know, there's the whole, well, what if I'm needed kind of, kind of deal. Yeah. but again, you just come back to again, in 1995, yeah. I graduated from high school having never, Talked on the phone and yeah. I graduated in 1995. It was a great year. You survived. I'm, listen, I'm so happy to be a kid of the 90s. The 90s 100%. were baller. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm Captain Gen X, Reality yeah. Bites, all like I'm, uh, that's, that's good, who I am. That's who it is. That's what times, I do. Simpler, yeah. slower. It was, mm-hmm. it was a great time because you didn't, have, I mean, we had a flip phone that the family had just, yeah. and if we were traveling or whatnot. And I got it most of the time because I was just always everywhere in when school. When did you graduate? What year did you 96. graduate? 96. A year after? A year after. So we're similar. Nick, you're 96 as well? <laughs> no. I'm so young. 98. 98. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a cell phone until college. We rocked the pagers in high school, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my, I always tell uh, my kids, they don't care. They roll their eyes. I remember the first time I got on the internet, I took a class. Uh, it was my sophomore year in college. I took a class, a historiography class, how to research and write academic history. And I remember my professor taking us to the library to get on and he showed us the Google, the, or not Google, it was Yahoo, the search engine or whatever. And I yeah. remember rolling my eyes and just going... I'll use the card catalog. Like it's so yeah. much easier. This will I, never work. I couldn't fathom how that was going to be a deal. That was 1997. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Every once in a while, my kid, they it, they don't get it. No. Don't yeah, we couldn't text. We had AOL Instant Messenger, though. Heck yes, we the, did. That With that dial-up. <laughs> oh, man, we're old. We are old, but that's it's all, right. all good. It's all good. So, gentlemen, we had uh, asked uh, our listeners for questions. Last time we did um, honor thy parents when they're less than honorable. Yeah. Today we have kind of a dark, deeper, deeper question. So um, I know that I didn't share what this is, so it's going to be kind of off the cuff. So creation versus science. Creation versus science. Well, yeah. when, okay. when indisputable science doesn't line up with God's biblical timeline. Okay. So we're specifically talking timeline then? So I... The example they gave was dinosaurs with Adam and Eve. 
Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't. Okay. So um, my initial response is I don't. And again, I, I always assume goodwill. I, the word versus um, uh, implies to me that there is some um, non-resolvable tension, which I, which I reject. Um, I don't specifically, this is asking about creation, like the timeline of creation. So that's kind of the big deal, right? Like, uh, six days, six literal days of creation. How does that square with the fossil record? Um, and with all this seeming contradictory and, and I guess, and we can unpack it and Nick will, Nick's way smarter than I am. So he, he can have a lot to add on this. Um, but, my, my initial first blush response is don't force there to be um, a, an irreconcilable difference if there's not. And there's mm. not. There's not there in that, I think. Yeah, I think that's good. I thought, and not to really copy, but I think it's kind of a misnomer, right? When you think in terms of God versus science, and again, maybe I'm just simple, but in my brain, where I go is... I don't know that it, it is one or the other. I don't know that it has to be mutually exclusive because if, if what I believe is, if what, what if, I, if what I read in scripture is that God created everything, right? God created science. Yep. And if God created science, then how can they not coincide? Coincide? Yep. How can they not exist together? Right. I don't, I don't believe. And I think Jason talks about this a lot too, that, you know, when we read, we read about Jesus healing people and we don't necessarily think that healing has stopped, but that God uses doctors and, and not to call doctors God and give them God complexes, but right. he uses doctors to heal illnesses. He right. uses doctors to step into that space that we read about in the Bible where Jesus was able to just put his hands on people. And so I, I just, I, I don't live in a world where science, where, where my idea of science and my faith are separate. Right. And I don't think that they're even necessarily conflicting or at war with each other. And I, but I think that we do live in a world where it seems like more and more we're drawing lines in the sand and everything has to be one or the other. And I think this is another one of those cases yeah, where why, why does it have to be one or the other? Why, why is this the thing? And I guess the question is, and I hope it's not just a throw off question, but how would my faith change if it was six literal days or not? Right. Does that even affect my faith in Jesus? And, and again, maybe that's just a really simple way to look at it. And I'm not a scientist and I'm probably not even smart enough to have this conversation, but does it affect my faith? It's fundamental. I think like that, that's, that really kind of, kind of gets down to it, right? Like there's here, here's the thing for me. There's, um, people on both sides of this argument that use, that use the Bible, right. And they, and they, and they say, right. And so th th there's at least got to be where you, this, this awareness, and this comes back to you. I'm glad we're going to honor, we're going to answer the question, obviously, but I think it's important for just say, like, if this matter divides you from a irreconcilably, um, you're making a gospel issue out of something that's not. See, Genesis 1-1 from the English standard version. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So my deal is like, I'll die on that. Yep. Like, that's a hill I'll die on. In the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. Um, so now everything that comes back, that comes after that is, is a, is a reflection on that. So there's a lot of, okay. So, um, science and religion 
can be irreconcilable if I want them to be. And that's the, that's the part I think where, where we have to get to. Um, and I know this because I walked this when I was in college, I left, um, my Christian faith behind. Um, and I think it was real. Like I really wasn't interested, but I think a big part of it was I didn't want there to be a God. And a lot of that was, I didn't want, um, the God as conceptualized by my faith upbringing. Right. I didn't want the, I didn't want, at the end of the day, I didn't want accountability. Right. And so then, so you can kind of find a way, find ways uh, to make that spin. The great thing about um, an impersonal universe, and I don't say this in any way to be derogatory for people who have, who have different times. What I'm saying, my point here is I think Christians uh, probably me included from time to time or often um, make things um like you talked about lines, draw hard lines where they're not in the text. I can only draw lines that are that are drawn that are drawn in the text, right? And and that. And so where there's no ambiguity, then there will be no ambiguity. Like the deal is, and we can get along with anybody. If you tell me that the earth was created in six literal 24-hour days, okay, there seems to be a great deal of very good scientific evidence to the contrary. I'm not saying it can't be that that way. But I think there, are, even in that, there are the- theological implications to that, right? If you, um, if you tell me, okay, that God created, it created age, right? Like, right. And, and that's kind of the you know, If you look at the fossil record, he created that age there. Maybe brings the question, why is God trying to trick us? Because I think one of the things about this creation is God is, de- his desire is to make himself known. Right. So if he misrepresents himself in creation, well, that's kind of a problem. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. But it's also like, I think it's in Peter that he says that one day for God is a thousand years for sure. mankind. Sure. So it's, it's that kind of thing as well. It's like, you know, man wrote what they saw at the time. So, if the garden was, you know, this pure destined kind of enclosed things, who's to say that things weren't outside of the garden? Well, that's huge, right? So now you have the problem. Okay, so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and you know, six, and then on day, uh, on day six, He creates mankind, right? And then on day eight, it seems like Cain kills Abel. Okay, so now what? And then when God says, "Hey, I'm going to send you out of the world," Cain's problem was the people out there will kill me if they see me, and so God puts a mark on Cain. Well, who's they? Who's yeah. the other people? And who's the people that are going to be so unfamiliar with Cain? I mean, because it seems like if it was, if Adam and Eve were like the first and the only ones, listen, either they reproduced so fast and so many that suddenly the They're, firstborn is not known. It's unlikely. My kid, it seems like no matter how many kids I had. They're going to know Jackson because he was the first, right? And so, yeah. um, and so, and again, the problem comes down to: Does I, I, I'm not saying that God can't do it in six literal days, but the question is: Does he have to? Right? right? Does it does it mean that he has to? And I look at it and go, No, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that it that it does. Because in my take, Genesis one one, very very important to be clear: God created everything. Yeah. There is nothing, nothing, and I'm thinking through all of the English words that I know, and I'm choosing the word nothing. There is nothing that exists that did not begin with the will and wisdom and intent of God, period. That's it. Okay. Now, the big problem is dinosaurs. Um, The fossil record is interesting, right? Like nobody's ever found a complete dinosaur. We find 
pieces everywhere. Yeah, a toe bone, and and we extrapolate. We should go, okay, great, maybe, possibly, that's good, right? I, I don't have any problem with there being dinosaurs. I don't have any problems with there being dinosaurs a long time before before humans. I don't do that because what I said is in the beginning God created everything, right? Yeah. And then after that, for the next six days, there's this, and it, verse two. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the fair. Okay, so some people say, oh, there was a gap theory. Some people don't like the gap theory. It's it's all interpretation. It's all, right? So God created everything, and now it was formless and void, right? Which means it was empty. It didn't have purpose, whatever. And then so for the next six days, so what if the idea is in the beginning, God created everything, and it was going, and it was, and it was the world, but... There wasn't purpose for it. There wasn't. Um, there wasn't meaning. It was creation, and it was, and it was dinosaurs, and maybe it was dinosaurs and Neanderthals, and it was, and it was all of these pre-hominid, and and they all went, and then at a moment on day six where there are these hominids, right, in a special and a unique way, God breathed life into Adam, and Adam changed at right. that point the image of God, right, and so what does that look like? Well, Genesis one is about. God ordering, taking formless and void and filling it. And then in, at the end of one, it says, and he made mankind in his own image. And he puts him in a garden to do all of those things. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that Adam was the first thing. Right. It means that at some point in creation, God got involved with Adam in a unique way that changed everything. Yeah. And from then, so that's what I look at and just go, man, were there dinosaurs? Sure seems like it. Right. I, I look at and, and where do I go? I look at science and yeah. science tells me, man, it looks like this is how things line up. Now, did it could it be different? Absolutely. Absolutely. It could. What I'll die on is God created all of it. He had a special plan and purpose and expression for mankind, for humanity um, and its dominion, all that. That's that's part two. And and that's kind of how it goes. I, I, I don't have a date, but it doesn't. It doesn't make my God smaller to find out that he's, that the earth is 13 billion years old. It tells me that he has a plan yeah. and a purpose and he's patient, which guess what? I really need yeah. that. I really need that. Yeah, and sure. maybe he did it all in one day. I don't know. I think that, you know, for me, as I read through this, the one thing that I think is interesting is, you know, I think the comment was, we don't hear about dinosaurs in the Bible, yeah. right? Which for me... I'm like, well, good, because if we do look at this time, right, if we look at the the timeline of creation and we know that there were not records, there weren't history books, there weren't scientists, you know, archaeologists digging up dinosaur bones and whatever, it wouldn't have been written about. Right. Right. And so it wouldn't be in here because we read this, we read that God created the heavens and the earth and it was formless. And then all of a sudden he speaks, right? And he speaks this thing into existence and all of these things are created and these are all the things that would have been known without historical record, right? These are all the things that could have been seen by the human eye. They would have been able to see the animals. They would right. have known. And so which as is science, yeah, which again, yeah, which these are the things that are written down. If something existed as we still seem to be finding things even today right. for the first time, um, if, if you don't know things existed, how could you write about them? Right. Right. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, that's so what I keep taking away is like, you know, if they existed and then became extinct, and then by this point we see as God walks through the rest of creation, then we have man, and man records this account in the Bible. 
how would they have even known to write about dinosaurs if they didn't know they existed? And that's such a great point. That's so huge. Okay. And, and the chronology is important here too, right? Like we have Genesis at the beginning and we think, oh, well, Moses wrote that this must've been the first book. No, the book of Genesis was written in the wilderness in exile. When you get to, when you get to Exodus, right. And they're out in the wilderness, right. And Moses is telling the people of God, the Israelites, this is how we got here. What? Moses is telling the people of Israel the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's what yep. he's telling them. But, they, but he doesn't just drop them in a historical vacuum. He's like, hey, before there was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, there was nothing. And then God created that. And then there was Cain and Abel. Then there was Noah. Then there was Abraham, right? And so, yep. and so yep. that's a, like, and God's purpose, like I, I've known people who, who use this thing, look at Genesis 1 and they say, um, and he's like, well, I just feel like God could have done better. Like, I feel like he could have explained it better with, <laughs> with, with all that. But, but you got to think, okay, so what's his point in this? His point is to remind the people that there's a God, he is powerful, right? And really they're coming out of Egypt with this, this plurality of gods, right? And, yeah. and our God's claim is there's just, there's one God, right? And so he's showing there's not a sun God and a moon God and a water God and right. There's one God and he created and he made all of these things, right? right. So this, so he's telling them like, look, this God that called you out of slavery, this God who rescued you with his mighty right arm and outstretched arm and all that stuff. That's the God who made everything. You can trust him. You don't have to go somewhere else. And that's the God who made and created you and so you don't you, you can trust him and you can and you can trust that too his point was not to fix ancient cosmology right his point was not to say guys i know that you think that the sun travels around the moon his not his point isn't to make that his point is to say whatever you think is going on out there god did it yeah god made it and God put it in order. And so when you're created in the image, when you stand in the garden, when you go into exile in Babylon someday, that's who you are. That's your, his job wasn't yeah. to teach them about moons and planets and all that. His, his job was to teach them God is the creator of the cosmos and you can trust him Yeah, because he is, because he's going to sure. be, he's going to be good for that. And I, I think that's, yeah. I, th I think, man, that's, yeah, that's so good. And I think what it, what my brain keeps coming back to is this idea of, um, as I read it, is this idea of exclusion, right? And so if Differentiation, we base, right? yeah, if, if we base our belief system on what's excluded from the writings in the Bible, right, this was, this would have been orally handed down, yeah, right? And so if you have to remember this oral story, um, it's very hard to go. And then he created all the birds of the air, which include. Yes. Yes. 400 different and birds. Storks, right? and, and, yeah. yeah. And, and so if I read it, yeah, there's a lot of things that are excluded. He doesn't name every fish. He, I read that, let the waters under the sky be gathered together in one place and let dry land appear. And so he didn't name the, Continents. Let there be an isthmus and let there be. I was going to say, there's no insects. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. And, and so I think that's a big part of it for me is if we say that it doesn't exist because it's excluded from this very first account, there's an awful lot that doesn't exist. Yeah. Air conditioner. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and your comment right about the, um, the planets. Ford, a Ford Focus. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. is> not. <laughs> well, planets, you know, revolving around the sun. He tells us that these things were created, but for thousands of years, people thought that everything yep. revolved yep. around us. Yeah, yeah. And so this really gets back to a thing like, okay, so this goes back to my 
heart and, and soul and, and, and all this kind of comes back to like, what do we do? What do we do with the Bible? Right. And, and when we get a rigidly dogmatic insistence on either a literal six day of creation or a, um, an implied 13 billion year, right? Like when, anytime you just go, this is what it has to mean. Right. Anytime you get to that place, you're using the scripture for something that it wasn't intended to do. The scripture is not Genesis one is not a science textbook. And that goes back to, there are ways that you could write this with even ancient science, right? right. Like there are ways you can write that. That's not what God's trying to do. That's, that's not the point that he's trying to make, which really goes to us. Like if, if, if my purpose in using the scripture in whatever I use the scripture for, when I go to the new Testament or the old Testament or the Psalms or whatever, if my purpose is to help me defeat somebody or to win an argument with somebody, I've already failed because here's the deal. People use the scripture to justify slavery and to justify emancipation. People have used the scripture to, um, stand up for women's rights and to keep, and to keep women down. The way that we use the scripture says very much about us and about who we are and about how we operate. And so that's where I can look at this and just go, Jason powers. I look at this and go, I don't see anything there that keeps me from believing that God did this long time. If you, like, if you forced me to pin me down, what I would say is in the beginning, God created everything. And some, at some point later, in six consecutive literal 24-hour days, God gave purpose and created purpose for everything. Okay, so this goes back to the word created, right? I live in a house. Um, my house was complete, physically complete, some week or two weeks before. Okay, so how did I make, how did I create a home? Not a house, a home. You moved in. I moved in. I put stuff there. And we said, this room is going to be the kitchen, so I'm going to put the toaster there. This room is going to be Jackson's room, so I'm going to put his bed. We created a home not with rafters and and, sheetrock. sheetrock. Those were all there. That was all part of it. That was all part of the deal. But the purpose was created by intentionality, right? It was before the house was formless and void. We created a home by putting pictures on the wall and all that. And so this is a picture I get. At some point, God created everything. He created light and dark and dinosaurs and hominids and and daisies and and all of that. And yeah. then at some point later, he took one and said, you know, the word Adam, it's not a proper noun. It means mankind, yeah. right? He took one expression, one person, and it says, and what it says in Genesis 2, he breathed on him, the spirit, right, that... Same spirit that was hovering over the waters in one three, he breathed into humanity. So we become now the Imago Dei, the image of God is in us. And everything changed after that, right? And so I think that a long, long time ago, God created everything. And then at some point in six consecutive, on the first 24-hour period, God, he called light and dark purpose. He created time, right? right? It was evening and there was morning the first day. Time, that that matters, right? Yeah. But here's the deal. There was no sun, there was no moon. H- how did how did he create that? Like, I think those were all there. I think they just, just gave everything purpose. Purpose and meaning. He filled them. It was formless. He created form for time, for weather, for agriculture, for culture, for society. He created form and then he filled it with sun, moon, stars, animals, birds, fish, people at some point. He did all of it. And you know what? 
He doesn't have to check with me to make right. sure that I approve of or agree. <laughs> what I do is I look at this and go, man, I need to live like everything comes from God. And if I do that, I will be on the right track. And then someday when I stand before him, I'll be like, hey, bro, what was up when you did that? And I think he'll show me something that'll boggle and blow my mind. The only thing that makes God smaller is when I put him in my box and say he cannot, where it's not expressly written, he cannot have done this. And so I don't, I don't, I believe dogmatism about young earth I think that it's misguided. And again, I'm not saying that the earth isn't 6,000 years old. It may be. I'm saying it doesn't have to be. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely does. Have I exhaustively once and for all resolved the tension between science <laughs> Congratulations. and faith? Congratulations. <laughs> solved the mysteries. I'll get your Nobel Peace no, Prize I think later. That, I think we can't comprehend. We can't fathom the greatness of God. And so in our limited brains, <clears throat> we try to make him and limit him to our human restraints. I want to be God. Yeah. That's why. And so we elevate humans to God-like status, but we try to make God fit into a human box and we just simply can't do that. It's not a thing that we can do because he is, is greater than we can even imagine. Yeah. So why do we think even with our theology degrees or with our science degrees that we can somehow come to a conclusion that once and for all defines the vastness and the greatness of God and his creation. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, right? Like show me the, the biggest, whatever, you know, show me the greatest, most well-renowned biologist. And this is where people get frustrated, right? At the end of the day, great. You think everything came from whatever that we crawled out of the ooze. Where did the ooze come from? Right. And at the end of the day, there has to be some uncreated, right. And this, you know, this goes into all the philosophical stuff, right. Some uh, uncaused first cause. Mm -hmm. Right. And I call it right. Like I don't have any problem with a big bang. I I think sounds a lot like how it could have been right. There was light, there was evening, like all of that stuff. Right. And at the end of the day, I've got to go at the beginning of it all in whatever way science indicates God chose to work. God chose to work. And so mm-hmm. give me the smartest biology. And, and, you know, I think I have, I think I have problem with macroevolution, right? Like I, I don't, and again, I don't see that. I don't see a complete fossil transition in the fossil record. Right. right. And if it's there, I could be wrong. Like I'm a, I'm a philosopher and a preacher. I am not a, a biologist, but I've looked into this quasi enough to know that I, I don't, I don't think that it's there. And so maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But what I do is I'm, I'm not, dogmatic because at the end of the day, my story for people is whether God did it in 13 years or 600 or 6,000 years, he did it for you right? because he loves you and he wants to save you and he wants to redeem you and he wants to restore you to your purpose, which is all about Genesis two. It's all about vocation. It's all about order. It's all about that. And and that, and, and that doesn't matter. It doesn't, that's not the big thing for me. Yeah. It's it's interesting that you talked about, Big Bang and and the possibility of it because I, as I read in Genesis one and I've always kind of just thought I was a weirdo for reading it this way but we read in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while the wind from God swept over the face of the waters that sounds like a little bit of ooze to me right a little bit of what primordial ooze right ooze. like it, yeah it's like it's it's just there it's this vast darkness and then it says he spoke and. For me, I've always kind of married those two together is that when God spoke, 
maybe that was the big, the big bang. bang. Yeah. You know, I can't prove it. Right. It's speculation. I could be completely off my rocker and I'm okay with that. If someone can prove to me that I, that's insane. Right. But could it be right? Could it have been that moment where these, where science and God come together and it's not a versus issue. Right. Right. It's no, it's the same. It did happen. Yep. And it was because of God and it was because he spoke and it was his words that caused the big bang. Right. And that's I think his voice was booming, right? right. Like his voice, his (laughs) voice was the bang. Uh, There's a book that I would recommend. It is by a guy called John H. Walton. Uh, It is very smart. It is very uh, accessible. And the title of the book is called the lost world of Genesis one. And it, um, it really sets up, it really sets up this debate in a very um, thoroughly, right? And the guy, this John Walton guy, he is a, um, he's an expert on ancient literature, right? And so what he does is he shows, he, he looks at Genesis 1 and he looks at um, origin stories from mm-hmm. before again. And his, and his whole point is, the purpose of this is to reflect, to show who God is, all right, and to show what he does and to talk to a group of people who are trying to understand themselves in relation to God uh, as distinct from the Egyptian, multiple gods, you know, and all of that. And so with that purpose in mind and with those kind of like, it wasn't, it wasn't a 21st century fairy tale. It wasn't a 15, you know, you know, a 15th century, right? It was ancient, and it and it would have the conventions of ancient literature because it well is ancient literature right. right and that's the purpose and that's what it was for and it was that and so um, I recommend I recommend that and I you know and I would also again so here's now here's me being a pastor um, if I feel a militantly strong position on this it's worth asking why mm-hmm. right um, because if the intent is to care and to have a high view of God, I val- I validate that. It that's that's what it should be. What I need to be careful of is that I don't tr- ter- that I don't appropriate the authority to define what big means. Yep. Right? Like because maybe the bigness of God means 13 billion years. And for you you think, oh well it makes it better if he did it fast. Well maybe not because you're not him and, and yeah. you don't get to say yeah. right. And so <laughs> and, and, but on the other side, on, on both of those, right? Like why is it why is it so important that your way be right? Do I need God to be more like me huh. in one way or another, right? Because that is really that's like the borderline of idolatry, yeah. right? That's the, that's the place that's, that's the beginning where it goes. And again, it doesn't mean that I don't have an opinion, but it means that I don't have the dogmatic. Um, if you believe different than me, you can't, you be can't follow be right. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I think it all comes down to our faith. Yeah, it has to, because here's the deal. You put your faith in science. That's faith, yeah. right? Because you got it. There's something. What was before the Big Bang? That's a matter of faith, and that's what I. That's always what it what it comes down to. So so believe the sciences, yeah. right up to the point where the scientists tell you that you don't that you don't need God yeah. because that's mm-hmm. not a scientific discovery. That right. is, yeah. That's that's a totally different field of study. Yeah. I am so glad that you're on both on this podcast. Y'all are incredibly more versed in all of this. Um, <laughs> thank you for answering this 
Question. Nick, Nick is like my security blanket <laughs> for all of the, the big questions we have to have Nick here. You put two pastors in a room and ask a question like this. You don't get an answer. You yeah. get 40 minutes of answer. Yeah. No, but that's great. <laughs> I mean, really it is. I really do. Like this is, this is a really like the, the issue in, in, um, in conversations like this, right. Is that everybody feels like they have to come down somewhere. And what I want to just say is don't like, don't, and again, like if you're convinced, please don't, I'm, I'm not telling you got to undo, undo all that. What I'm telling you is that you need to leave room for someone who believes different than you, right? Yeah. You, need to, you need to leave, leave room for that. Right. But, um, don't let whether God created the world in six days or 13 billion years, don't let that deter you from the reality that the God who created it one way or another in some form or fashion, it's still God did it because he wanted a place to play with us. He yeah. wanted to show his goodness and life and love. And I can conceive of that right on the back of a triceratops. Wouldn't that be fun if we all got to eternity, <laughs> right? And yeah. we get, we get, I could conceive of that. That would be great, but I can conceive of it a, a lot of different ways. But what I know is that the God who went to such great lengths to create a world that's habitable for me and a place where I can know him and understand him, um, it's interesting that the only, the only place in the known universe that is suitable for life, that all of the conditions that are, that are suitable to make life are suitable for observation, right? Yeah. We don't live in Venus where there's a shell of clouds over us that we can't see that like yeah. we live with a clear atmosphere so we can see Pluto and yeah. right. And, and the expansiveness of God. And so that's worth, you know, taking into account light years and, and all of that. So blah, blah, blah. I could go on. That's really good. I'm, I'm super appreciative for whoever sent this question and I hope that yeah, they're really good listening and I'm just, I'm proud of them for asking the tough questions, you know, and not 100%. just sleepwalking through a faith because yep. one of us yep. said to, yep. you ask those tough questions because we have to, that that's what faith is about is asking those tough questions and, and seeking answers and, and sometimes being okay with the fact that there are some things that God doesn't want us to know yet. Yeah. Right? yeah. We're, we're not supposed to know all the answers yet because that would make us God. That would, yeah, exactly. What I would say about this is if you are listening to this, if you want to haggle, you know, over the, you know, kind of this scientific explanation or that scientific explanation, I, like I'd love to talk. We can probably get, get lunch or whatever like that, but I'm, I'm probably just not going to have that much to contribute to that conversation. Cause my position would be like, you could be right. If you're smarter than me, you could be right. Yeah. Right. And if you're more trained that, you know, what, but if you're out there and this is, and this is just an obstacle. And if you just go, man, I don't, I don't know. I would love to talk to you specifically and personally about where you're at in wrestling. And I promise you, I will do my best. I will be, I will do my best to faithfully represent the science as I see it and understand it. I will do my best to faithfully, obviously represent the scripture to the best that I, that I can. Um, because yeah, just reach out, send me an email and just say, Hey, I want to, I want to believe, but this is a barrier to me and an obstacle. And we will walk through it together. Cause that's, that's what all of this is for. Um, that's the thing. It's all about discussion. Yes. You know, if you can yeah. have that conversation, you know, it's not us versus them or it's not, you know, this fine line in the, in the sand, you know, it's all about the discussion. Cause at the end of the day, you might be right. You might be right. And it would be perfectly right for, for to come and, you know, in, in Genesis and go, and Lamech, when you read all these, you know, these, these, um, genealogies or whatever, where, you know, and it says, and Lamech was born in the year 200. 
Well, then we would know for sure, right? right? But that's not the point. Yeah. That's not. That's not what it's. That's not what it's for. That's not what it's about. That's yeah. all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, with that, we're going to end this podcast, gentlemen. Thank you again for being here. Um, I hope you'll have a great rest of your day. And I'll leave all of the uh, connection methods. I mean, emails, stuff, and things. <laughs> yeah. Emails for both pastors um, in the description of the podcast. If y'all have questions, please reach out. Will you link to the book too? And we'll link to the book um, that Jason mentioned in the podcast. And I hope everyone has a great day. And we will catch everyone on the flip side.